talk to us about, your customer service is really good, but you need to talk to people more. We're like, but people come into a bookstore because they don't want to talk to people, right? That's why we come into bookstores. It's like, no. No. You're really helpful and kind. When, okay. It's this in my room. I can't. I can't handle it. Are you recording already? Yeah. Bye. I didn't know. You gotta tell me. No, I just decided to start. I started. No. I just did. I did it. I thought my story would be funnier, and it wasn't. It wasn't funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop apologizing. No. Okay, I have a drink now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you didn't say sorry again. Unlike beautiful Will Byers. Who? From Stranger Things. His, he says sorry, and then his mom says, you gotta stop apologizing, and he goes, sorry. I mean, yeah, I know. We have talked about my confusion with the It and Stranger Things boys and their real names, and, like, how half of them are named something that rhymes with ill. <laughs> That's not true. Bill. That's not Bill, his real name. Billiam. That's neither of their real names. Bilfany. <laughs> Bilson. No. Uh, welcome to... <laughs> Hysterical history. So funny. Ha 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 Okay. Get rid of that. Yep. Should I just start over? Sure. Okay. Future Alexis. Delete everything up until now. Delete. Deleting. Deleting this. I mean, if you want me to delete it, you gotta stop talking. <laughs> There's just a little bit of like yeah, sound waves too. It's gonna be that it does. Way. It is picking it up. There's someone, of course, mowing their lawn. But if I if I do the low cut, it should go away probably. Who mows their lawn? I don't think it's mow. Like it's making. It sounds like they're weed whacking. Like to a, me. they're saws. It's too high pitch to be. A, to be yeah, that's not. A, that's not a lawnmower. <laughs> anyway. Hysterical history. Yeah. With Haley and Alexis. Yep. With Alexis and Haley. Any way you want it. That's the way you want Sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Uh-huh. Any way you want it. History. Wait, moment of silence. So you can delete everything before this. Thank you, Jenna, for emailing us. We were yes. very happy to get that. Sorry for the confusion the last time we talked of you. Last time we spoke yes. about you. It's it's so cool and weird that your household like listens to us as a way to unwind. Yeah, like decompress. Deco- that's so cool and strange. It is. And we really appreciate it. When yeah. she says strange, it really just means like there are people whose podcasts we listen to for that reason. Yeah. And we would never have assumed someone would listen to our <laughs> podcast for that reason. <laughs> so it's great. That's something I associate with, like, high-quality, cool stuff. And I'm like, yeah. wait, we're high-quality, cool stuff? That's not what? possible. That's not right. You must be mistaken. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> but yes, you're, it was great to hear from you. And we hope it helped your spouse feel better Yeah, by listening to us talk about stupid things so cool shout out to jenna and spouse that's us mine mine hit double finger gunning you there we go my first one hit my like 
my shirt. It would it be a double finger gun because we're both doing it, or a quadruple finger gun because we're both double finger gunning? Um, I feel like finger guns is always two. I don't yeah. feel like you finger gun. You finger yeah. gun. Finger guns. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's going to be a lot of loud snapping sounds. You're welcome. Yeah. Future Alexis. Enjoy that. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. And audience. Audience. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> audience. Well. Um, so Haley, last week, spoke of the vampires. That are real. Yes. Tommy Wiseau is one of them. And, and the ones in America that we just, you know, flip them over and then we're good. <laughs> just Depending on your state. They're done on that side. Flip yep. them over. Flip them over. But specifically, she talked about Rhode Island, and I mentioned Rhode Island um, because I said I have a connection with Rhode Island because when I was in fifth grade, I did a report about Rhode Island. Uh, I also did a report about Hawaii at some point in my life, but I don't have a deep connection with Hawaii. All I remember about Hawaii is, like, the hibiscus is their state flower. I think terrible. that's literally all I remember. It's terrible. Yeah. So, it's a sorry, monarch. Hawaii. It's a rightful monarchy, and it will be again. I agree. Maybe that's why I don't have a connection with it, because it's really not America. <laughs> it's not America. Anyway, we'll talk about that sometime. Yeah. But not today. Today I'm going to talk about Rhode Island, and the most famous of all the Rhode Islanders, I think I can fairly say. And Hutchinson. It's notable that the only famous Rhode Islander is, like, the first one. She's not the first one. She's But the she's the she's, coolest one. She's, like, the first one. But this is uh, very early America, before it's really America. Um, it's still the spooky land. Yes, it is. And she did, Anne Hutchinson doesn't found anything here, but I thought she was so cool when I was in fifth grade that I also wrote an essay about how she was my hero. <laughs> when everyone else wrote about their moms, I was like, Anne Hutchinson is amazing. That's so awkward and beautiful. <laughs> I'm sure my teacher loved it. Yeah. Mrs. Nichols thought that I was just a jewel. She yeah. just... Love. I thought you were, she Love. thought I was a Jew. <laughs> she thought I was a Jew. What? No, a jewel. The nice things that people buy that are expensive. Uh, which is not Jews. Not Jews. Jews are cheap. Uh, yep. Often free. Although you do buy them for your loved ones sometimes. Sometimes. So they can take care of the house. Yeah. Make you potato pancakes. <laughs> Thanks, Jews. Anyway, job, happy Jews. Hanukkah. <laughs> no. Not quite, but close. Oh, dear. But anyway... America, though, I really feel like is founded on the principles of punk rock. Right, Haley? Yes. Because punk rock is all about anti-establishment. Yeah. It's all about making noise and not taking it. I mean, that's what's on all the posters anyway. That's right. Punk the, rock. The the reality is a little bit more complicated. Yes. Because there's the punk rock, and then there's the establishment behind the record label that's, like, crushing your soul. That's true. Slowly. But that takes a while. But at this point, America's underground punk rock. It's under Nobody's in charge. Yeah. Everybody's screaming and kicking and punching each other in the mosh pit. It's it's like music on the streets. That's right. Mm -hmm. There's only and there's not even very many streets. Yeah. There's no streets. It's all just woods and murders and punk rock. And footpaths. And foot footpaths. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Yep. And how about Anne Hutchinson's whole life is punk rock. Nice. It's built around punk rock, even just from her like early childhood. Yeah. So, she's born, or she's not born, but she's... She's not born ever. She's just <laughs> punk <creative>. rock. <laughs> she's like Aphrodite, just rising from the foam of punk rock. That's right. No, uh, she... We don't know when she was born, because who freaking cares about that no. in the 1500s? Uh, we know when she was christened, because oh. that's what matters. Because um, who's keeping records? Punk rock. No. 
Punk rock does not keep records. <laughs> the church, the establishment, is keeping the records. What about so it decides okay. when you are alive. It decides. Yep, and it decides that for her it's in 1591. Uh, so she's born in Alford, England. That's not real. Uh, apparently it used to be. Alford. Alford. I almost said Alford, but I'm pretty sure it's Alford. Alford. Alford, sure. Uh, so she grew up with... Uh, her father is, says he's a deacon, uh-huh. um, but he... Uh, is a dissident minister. It also mentions him. And he he is um, at some point tried for heresy and silenced. Whoa, whoa! They sewed so, his lips shut. Punk rock. Oh my god, <laughs> is punk rock. He's not into this. Whatever is happening in England yeah. church, even though he's a part of it, it's like anarchy. He's like, there's better stuff than this, and they're like, you gotta zip it. You gotta zip it. He's like, okay, uh, I guess if they force me to. Yeah, One. he's silenced in prison many times Whoa. for complaining about the poor training of English clergymen. Whoa. So he's like, y'all need to train them better. I mean, and that's, they're like, Shh. that's pretty low key punk rock. And puts him in prison. We need to train our people better. Hey, shut up. Hey, shut up. Heresy. Put him in prison. <laughs> Put him in prison. But because of this, and, like, how he generally feels about uh, the church and about, like, personhood, really, uh, he teaches Anne, like, how to read, um, which is, like, kind of a big deal in the 1500s for girls, um, and how, and specifically a lot about the Bible, and, like, how to read the Bible, and, like, kind of how to interpret it for herself, uh-huh. which is a very big deal That's at this time. That's weird. Right. People don't do that. No. But her dad's a punk rock minister, and so he, she no, does that. That's dangerous. It's like, people who... It will continue to be dangerous. Learn how to interpret the Bible as a text Mm -hmm. Uh, are people that uh, end up forming their own branches of the religion. Sure. At this time. Yes. It's not good. Right. And he he basically is teaching her, like, it literally says in one of the quotes, teaching her how to question authority. That's no... When she... In in the early 1600s, when she's a girl. I mean, radical and cool, but... Very cool. But very strange. And dangerous. Like, you know how this has been really working out for me? Here's how you do it. Right. And so it says he instilled in her independent thinking... Um, right, it's very strange. And um, his, her mother, Bridget, um, she teaches her about herbal medicines because she's a midwife. She's a witch. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> it's notable that as far as I could read, she never gets accused of being a witch. Uh, I mean, because I she's... I don't know how. Because she's married. She's not a single woman and... Right, she will be married, yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm amazed that they didn't accuse her of being a witch. Even yeah. if she was married, because things will happen and you'll understand. Because I think her parents are time traveling. <laughs> right. Her mom's into herbal medicine. Yeah. And new age. And her dad's like, hey, the church ain't all that. Think for yourself. <laughs> here, here, here. I got my college degree in the future. And now, <laughs> right. here I'm teaching you. Yeah. Also, there's this thing called punk rock. Punk rock. Punk rock. <laughs> and you will be the queen of yes. punk rock <laughs> in the 1600s in America. You're going to be the Joan Jett. You are going to start the punk rock era in era. America. Yes. It's going to be you. And you thought that it was already happening. Not yet. Not yet. Now it will. It will. So in 1612, we're just going to skip forward, uh, she gets married to William Hutchinson, which is why her name is Anne Hutchinson. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a merchant, which is great job at this time as far as money. Sure. Um, and they both start following this Anglican minister named John Cotton, who has the most boring name in the world. Yeah, it sounds like an alias. So basically what happens is John Cotton is uh, being a reverend, and he's got a decent, like, following, but the Church of England's not into him. 
uh, because he keeps teaching stuff that they don't agree with. Church of England needs to settle down. Like, you're all that in a bag of chips? Right. Come on, Church of Let's England. Let's be honest. You were founded because, you know, to get away with stuff. To get divorced. So, like, Your settle- church is based on kings wanting to get divorced. So, like, settle down. Yeah, maybe it's not the end-all be-all. I think, like, nowadays it's pretty much one of the chillest things you can do if mm-hmm. you want to be a Christian. Like... You know, Church of England. Everyone knows it's kind of, you know. We were founded because the king wanted more wives so, to murder. Oh, it's well. fine. <laughs> so just, you know, don't murder your wives. Like, they will appreciate it. Chill out, maybe. <laughs> but anyway, so they're not cool with him. And so he's like, hmm, maybe I should go to America. Because that's what everybody does when the church is mad. Uh, basically, that's yeah. almost all of them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to leave. Um... But apparently at this point, uh, Anne is kind of under the tutelage of John Cotton. Um, he's kind of like her mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Hot. she's, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> well, just let but, me fantasize. Okay, I'm just saying like, for the record, I don't. there's no mention of them having any relations. That's not how shipping works, and you know it. I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> for the listeners at home, I don't think that they were hooking up. Because I feel like that would have been said, especially because they slander her so much that, like, if that was true, I feel like they would have said Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's just UST. They're just like, mm, hot teacher, <laughs> Love student, it. hotness. Yep. It's like, man, you're going to be such a hot, cool punk rocker. She's like, I know. I already <laughs> am. Um, but so he he's going to America, right? Uh-huh. And then Anne, to her husband, is like, hey, we should go to America, too. Yeah. Because I like John Cotton, and America sounds cool. Let's do it. I have this just as a fact for you to know that, so they move over there in like 1613, 1614, and from 1614 to 1630, Anne will give birth to more than a dozen children. That's too many kids. Obviously, they don't all live, but like <laughs> half of them do, yeah. which is pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah. Um, Time travelers. Yeah. So, good job. But yeah, that's a lot. In 16 years, more than a dozen more than 12. That's too many. It's almost not possible with timing. Like, yeah. it's a very lot. And I'm sure they're counting, like, stillbirths, but uh-huh. still. It's crazy. She, she and her husband like having sex, no birth control, here we go. Wild and Pregnant great. every time. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, um, so she moves to the Massachusetts Bay Colony, is what it's called, uh-huh. uh, which is where John Cotton has moved. And initially, it was supposed to be... It's mostly Puritans. And initially, the idea for it was supposed to be, like, religious freedom and things are cool. You can kind of do what you want. You know, we're not going to be super judgmental and harsh on you. Right? Mm -hmm. But uh, John Winthrop, who becomes their governor, it says he envisions uh, a city upon a hill. And so he's into Christian unity and order. So he's not into this, like hippy dippy willy-nilly, everyone's cool with everyone else. He's like, no, I want this to be Eden. I want this to be, you know... I mean, yeah. The city of Enoch. It's yeah. gonna be good. It's gonna be good, and to do that, we have to snuff out the dissidents. Right. Um, Which is true. It's true. That's what I learned from when we took our young adult class in college. It's like, to get a utopia, you have to have a dystopia. It's true. Yep. You gotta have the bad lead you to the good. You gotta have someone weeding out all the bad parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they started in 1629, and they go over there in 1633. Um, and this is most of the interesting part of Anne Hutchinson's life, is her in America. 
and it's like a pretty short amount of time. It's only like ten years, um, but it's Did she, what rock in ten years. So, in 1634, the Hutchinsons move over. It's like the year after John leaves, the Hutchinsons move. Um, it says, in one of them, it said, in part to escape taxes forced on them <laughs> by the English monarchy. <laughs> okay. So, it sounds like they're literally evading taxes, um, yeah. but also because they're like, hey, our reverend moved over there, and we liked him, so bye. <laughs> Peace out, England. Yeah. I don't know that there's something more more punk rock either than the English monarchy is trying to tax you, and you're like, we're just going to move to America. Bye. <laughs> Bye. We're going to go into the wilderness <laughs> We're going to go in the y'all. trees, and you'll never find us. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, but so they go over there, and they settle in Boston, like what's today Boston, um, and Anne serves as a midwife and an herbalist, because that's what she's been trained to do by her mother. Which? <laughs> that's right. And then William, he's wealthy because of his uh, mercantile ways, and uh, he's a cloth merchant specifically. Um, and he buys a, a merchant of the cloth. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not religious. Uh, at least he's not in the church. And he buys half an acre lot on the Shawmut Peninsula, uh, which is now downtown Boston. So great mm. land. Good job. <laughs> Will be very uh, mm. uh, pricey in the future. Yeah. Um, Get in there early. It's like a good time traveler. That's right. Mm. You know exactly where to go. And he built a large timber frame two-story house uh, on the exact spot where today there's an old corner bookstore. Um, Uh, So it's kind of gone down in value. Yeah, Yeah. not quite as cool. (laughs) But when they get there, they move in. It says they built a house directly across the street from renowned and respected three-time governor of Massachusetts, John Winthrop. So I'm like, I just love that this is almost like a sitcom. <laughs> it's like they come over and they move in right across the street from the governor. Yeah. Like, waving at him. John's like, those dang punk rockers right. moving in Oh, I have to look at them Partying now. Partying late at night, hardcore. Put up some curtains. Two-story house. <laughs> Banging in every just, room. Bzz, 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 bzz. That's not disco. And but. he's shaking his fist across the street. You hooligans. You, you young hooligans. <laughs> Go to bed. So everybody's never pretty, going to bed. No, um, everyone's pretty cool with Anne, like yeah. generally, uh, until she starts having these weekly meetings in her house. Oh, um, okay, the anarchy meetings. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of like almost salons, like before salons are a thing. Sure. Um, she invites people over, and then they like talk about what they talked about in church that week. Um, and at first, it's just like a discussion about how like people felt about it and stuff. But then they start talking about things outside of what was talked about at church, like yeah. just. Um, general religious things, mm-hmm. and she starts kind of crapping on some people who she thinks are teaching the wrong things. Um, Which is, by the way, what always happens when you start a book club. That's right. Yep. It just becomes time to <laughs> gossip and be mad at other people. Yep. The only thing that's missing is that book clubs, from a very early age historically, were also time to like drink a lot of alcohol. Right. I'm sure they are. They're just um, drinking and just, ah, that John... And it's like, they're okay with it, people in town, uh-huh. except that it gets up to like 60 to 80 people at oh. her house for this meeting, and it's mostly Anne talking, like uh-huh. it's not a huge discussion so much as it is people asking her questions and uh. her answering them, which then basically becomes her preaching, right? which it's, isn't okay. It's a sermon. And not only, and, and they're pretty okay with it actually as long as it was just women, but there are men in attendance listening right. to her preach. She's having like banger concerts in her house. Right. And it's too much now. They're not okay with it. 
Um, and it went, it goes against the Puritan minister Orthodox views, um, that people must live according to the Bible precepts by performing deeds. So it's a lot of works versus deeds, which is still a huge issue in Christianity about whether or not, like, by being baptized, you are saved outright, or if you have to, like, work somehow to your salvation, but also, like, you can't earn it, so works don't totally make sense. And I think most Christian churches these days prescribe to, like, a combination of works and deeds, like, uh, or not works and deeds, works and grace, that, like, you know, God will save you, and it's only through God that you can be saved, but he wants you to do good things, and he expects you to. Sure, there's, like, maintenance. Yeah, he expects you to try. Right. Like, you're not just saved just because you got baptized. He wants you to try and be your best, but also, like, you can't earn it. Um, is I think generally what most churches do now, but at this time it's very like they, this is when they have a strong like Calvinist thing where it's like predetermined who gets to go to heaven who doesn't right compared to other churches which are trying to motivate you to be a good person and so they're like no you need to do good works or God will be mad at you predetermination so effed up it is it's very wrong and uh. It's confusing from what I read which one Anne is saying is best, mm-hmm. but she is criticizing uh, something. People, yeah, one of the views, and specifically people in town and how they're preaching it, <laughs> um, eventually including John Cotton, oh, yeah. the reverend, uh, who she moved here for. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man, the relationship. She's like, you know what? I've outgrown you. I'm better than you. Yeah. Yeah. And look, people love me flocking yeah. here. 80 people in my house. I'm the powerful one. <laughs> That's right. Give up. I have the high ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a quote here from... it's. Oh, so this starts what's called the antinomian controversy. Okay, explain that. I don't know. Uh, they just made up letters? Antinomian, yeah. I think that's what the, her people called themselves. Okay, it's their band name. Yeah, Antinomian Controversy. Great band name. (laughs) It's hard to pronounce, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's this book called Rebels and Renegades, a a chronology of social and political dissent in the United States. Chronology? Chronology. I can't say words. (laughs) I knew I said it wrong, but I was like, good enough. Pictography. Um, You know. But it's... Photographs. But they talk about Anne Hutchinson, obviously. And they said, uh, to accuse the Puritan ministers of teaching a covenant of works was to accuse them of being no better than the Church of England, against which the Puritan movement had originally begun as an alternative to Anglican faithlessness. Oh, slam dunk! So apparently she's accusing them of a covenant of works, that you can work to to heaven. Right. Which they are expressly against because that's what the Church of England teaches, and that's why they left. She is blazing! That's right. I also, there was one quote, there's not a lot about her husband in this because we don't care. Um, he's, he's rich and he's there. He's like the stay-at-home worker dad. Yeah. yeah. He's rich, he's there, he has, he's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one article that said, Hutchinson asserted her right to preach, uh, which her husband avidly supported. Yeah. He's like, let her do it. You go, babe. And so, yeah, I'm like, A+. Plus. Yeah. He reminds me of, um, like, Olive Oatman's husband. Like, we didn't talk about him very much, but mm-hmm. he seemed very supportive yes. of her and, like, he was trying to protect her from everyone. Right. And 
I really appreciate like these men in the past who are married to women who are very aggressive and mm-hmm. are very like not the norm of women in that day and how yep. they're supposed to be and they're still like yeah bae you yeah. go Hey, listen to her. Right. She's great. Like, that. all of Oatman's hus- husband wasn't like, why is my wife broken? Like, why is she depressed her whole life? He's right. like, I'm going to try my best to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And this <laughs> this husband isn't like, why are you so loud? Can you just be quiet? You keep messing everything up. He's like, hey, listen to the woman. <laughs> She's a witch and a punk rocker. Right. That, that They're probably like, are you okay with this, William? Like, that your wife's just, like, screaming all these things out? He's like, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, what she, are you talking about? She's my bae. He's just, like, twirling his yeah. hair in his finger. He's like, yeah. Isn't she cool? She can bench press me and all of our children. It's amazing. It's really hot. (laughs) She's the best. (laughs) But I love it. I was thrown in. It's like, oh yeah, and William wasn't mad about it. He's like, great. Keep doing it. Cool. So apparently Anne also believed in this. I'm like, um, that once a person had received grace from God, uh, they acquired an inner holiness which guided their actions. Um, which none of that is a problem, but then it says, and they were no longer subject to human laws and officials. Ooh. <laughs> Anarchy in <laughs> <Yeah>. America. <laughs> no kidding. Kick over the garbage cans. Show your rules. <laughs> God said I can do this. That's right. God said I can do anything. I don't have to listen to you. You're not God. And there's even a quote I found from it that says, as I understand it, laws, commands, rules, and edicts are for those who have not the light which makes plain the pathway. I can see which way to go now because I am enlightened, so... Nothing is... Nothing is forbidden. That's right. I can do whatever I want because I can see with holy eyes. (laughs) With my special eyes. That's right. I have special eyes. My brand. My brand. (laughs) And so because of this, this is a problem for a lot of people. Yeah. They're like, that's a new loop. Not only is she Mm. criticizing them, she's saying, your human laws don't affect my higher plane. And they're like, oh. She's basically That's a problem. saying that uh, she's like basically basically pope status. Yeah, kind of like you. I don't. That's a very radical idea that you don't need any of the hierarchy of a church to be in direct contact with like God. Right, and I think for most churches now, that's pretty normal mm-hmm. that they think like, yeah, sure, God can talk to you directly because why not. Um, and, like, direct you about your own life. So right now we have a separation of church and state, and the church is not running things. Right. And not only that, but, like, at this point in time, nobody believes that. Right. People, I, as soon as I read that, I was like, dude, this is why they burned John Ark. You gotta be quiet. That wasn't even that long ago. You gotta settle down. And here they don't have the same laws. This is backwoods, no law, man right. country. You need to be quiet. They will drag they you into the darkness. They could just burn you. Uh, no one would care. Nobody. They would eat your heart. Yeah. And no one cares. Because you could be a vampire. You're maybe a vampire. You're a vampire witch. Yep. And we're not okay with it. So apparently this is the point. So she kind of starts calling Reverend John Cotton out and uh-huh. he turns on her. Of course. Um, she doesn't keep her boyfriend and her husband, just her husband. <laughs> so way to marry the right one. Yeah. Um, but he describes her meetings as promiscuous and filthy comings together of men and women. Yeah. Um, yeah. Covens. They use the word coven. My favorite. My, well, men and women. Yeah. Um, I mean, there can be witches and, and dude witches. Yeah. And, and male witches. And male witches. Mitches. Mitches. <laughs> My mitches. <laughs> um, they also, like, the general group, I guess, of men who are against her describes her as 
that she had rather been a husband than a wife, a preacher than a hearer, and a magistrate than a subject. Oh my god, I'm in love. And I'm like, none of that is insulting. And I feel like everybody's like, yeah, just let her do it. Yeah. Like, she can be the husband, she can be the preacher, she can be the magistrate. Yeah. She seems to be better at it than all of you. Yeah. You suck. So, hmm. Um... So her following continues to grow, and the magistrates are like, this is a bad thing. Uh Um, And so Governor John Winthrop charges her with sedition and heresy. But I guess they were more worried, I think, about the government than anything else, because the year before this, when they had elections for governor, Mm -hmm. um, Henry Vane, he was elected, um, mostly by her supporters, who succeeded in getting him in, and he is someone who would attend her meetings, like, weekly. Right. He's a 24-year-old, so he's a young boy. Uh They elect a governor who she's, like, almost kind of in control of. Right. She's got a huge voter base that she controls. Right. And the now governor that she controlled. Mm -hmm. So apparently he didn't do that good of a job, though, because the next, like, year when they did voting, uh, he got got kicked out. Winthrop was put back in charge, which sucks because he's a horrible, horrible man. But anyway, so then they're like, hey, heresy and sedition. This is the act of inciting people to rebel against authority is what sedition is at this time. (laughs) Rebel girl. Rebel and sedition is the title of her first album. (laughs) That's right. Her first LP. So she got in more trouble right before her trial begins um, because she assists this woman, Mary Dyer, in uh, her birth, right? Because she's a midwife. Um, And the Boston ministers would call this the birth of a monster. Whoa. um, Because her baby was stillborn Uh and it had, uh, excuse my pronunciations of things because I don't know how to say medical things, Um, anencephaly and spina... uh, bifida malformations. So basically, <laughs> I'll explain that to everyone because I looked it up. Don't look up pictures of it because I did because I just didn't understand the word. Mm-hmm. And I knew they were going to be bad, but it was horrifying. Um, so the first one is when uh, the baby's head, their skull doesn't fully form. So there's just like the back of it's just like missing. Mm-hmm. It's very gross um, and scary and sad. Um, and spina bifida is when, like, you have a lump, basically, on your back mm-hmm. um, that could almost, like, just, like, especially to Puritans, look like a tail or something. Sure. Um, but they look scary, and uh, obviously it's a stillbirth. The baby's not alive. Um, uh, Hutchinson's not dumb, though, and she knows that they're going to think that she did something or, like... It's a demon from her influence or right. whatever. Uh, I'm going to call her a witch or something. So she wraps the baby in a blanket <laughs> and tries to conceal its deformities and buries it in unconsecrated ground, um, they assume, somewhere in the Boston Common Cool. Area. Um, but people find out anyway... Uh, you know, because there's only so much to talk about in town. Right. <laughs> so gossip leads to people know about it, to they exhume the body, and then it makes it look even worse because she's trying to hide it. Uh-huh. Uh, and the Boston ministers declare the deformed baby a punishment from God, um, and they would later do the same thing when Hutchinson would have a similar delivery in 1638, so the next year. Clearly. She gives birth to a baby that has similar conditions. Which I'm sure isn't because of, like, the health of your place. Yeah. That people are giving birth to babies with the same deformities and problems. <coughs> I'm sure it's because Anne Hutchinson's evil. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's so subjective, like, suddenly what God's punishing people for. Right. Like, 
why isn't God punishing us for your ugly face? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's real bad. Some people, it's like, oh, that's a tragedy. And for other people, it's like, oh, well, that's a punishment. Right. And it's like, that doesn't make sense. It has to be one or the other. Uh-huh. Like, it's either a tragedy or it's always a punishment. And then it becomes like, but of course, if you do that, then it's always a punishment. And it, then you're like, well, what did that person do? Because mm-hmm. they seemed righteous, but now. But now. I don't know. Anyway, but in 1637, this is a this is the like quote beginning from um, this book called American Jezebel, which is also about <laughs> Anne Hutchinson. Nice. Um, it says in 1637, Anne Hutchinson, a 46 year old midwife who was pregnant with her 16th child, stood before 40 male judges of the Massachusetts General Court, charged with heresy and sedition. There's debate about whether or not she was pregnant at the time, but she does have a baby. In 1638, and I think this is pretty late 1637, so she's probably pregnant when they're having this trial. I mean, going by how many kids she had, in <laughs> she's period. probably just pregnant just because. Right. They're, the odds are she's pregnant all the time. Yeah. And her trial's in November, mm-hmm. and so she's having this baby, probably she was pregnant, uh, at, at least in the early stages. But it just makes it even more of an image of, like, this poor woman that they're kind of, like, doing terrible things. It's like, she's right. pregnant, and she's already under enough stress in her life, and then you're just like, ah, heresy. Um, and she's personally interrogated by Governor Winthrop, of course. Oh, my gosh. Who claims that she has defamed the ministers by questioning their Bible teachings. How dare you question authority? Um... Apparently, she is very, like, Joan of Arc for a lot of this, Mm -hmm. in that they're asking her questions, and she's, like, firing right back at them. Uh, Yeah, she's evading anything about her specifically, and she's matching them Bible verse for Bible verse every time. Ooh, it's like a rap battle. Yeah. For Bible Um, verses. And it's very, like, Old Testament, or not Old Testament, New Testament in a way, because, like, Jesus will do that, too. Uh When the Philistines come up and they're like, wait a minute. Um, (laughs) He's like, get ready. Hold up. He's like, get ready, because my dad, like, is involved in all of this. I was basically in charge of this, so, yeah, I know all of what it says. Come at me. (laughs) And they have Bible verse battles also, Mm -hmm. so I love it. Um, But, yeah, she says she defiantly answers his questions with challenging ones of her own. Um... He resents Anne's insolence and condemned her teaching men in public as not fitting for your sex. That's not what you're supposed to do. That's not what you're supposed to do. Um, and it says she defends herself uh, in biblical terms. She quotes uh, Titus uh, that older women are to teach the younger. And uh, that's Titus 2, 3 through 5. And it says the aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers of home, good, obedient to their husbands and the word of God not to be blasphemed. Um, but that is specifically mentioning women to other women. Right. Which I'm sure right after he's like, you don't get to teach men though. Yeah. Um, so that's... Uh, citation needed. So. <laughs> um, you, you just kind of proved my point. So at first, she's not saying anything that is condemning her. Right. But then they come back the next day mm-hmm. and then she 100% does. <laughs> Cross-examination did not go well. Whoops. Because um, she claims that her revelations come directly from God to oh, her. Oh, man. Uh, which is clearly a case of heresy in right. Puritan, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, they ask her, how do you know that was the spirit? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, how did Abraham know that it was God that bid him offer his son, being a breach of the sixth Ooh, commandment? She waited, replied. Waiting into deep waters. Right. Ooh. She's comparing herself to Abraham. Yeah. Woo! 
Because um, she's saying, you know, like, he's supposed to kill his son, and it says in the Sixth Commandment, you're not supposed to kill nobody. Mm-hmm. So how does he know that God's telling him to do that and not the devil? Mm-hmm. Um, by imme- an immediate voice, the court says, so to me, by an immediate revelation, she responded, how? An immediate revelation, the court said, by the voice of his spirit to my soul, she insisted. Oh, no. I have another quote from John Cotton about her after this happens. Uh He says, uh, Your opinions fret like gangrene and spread like leprosy and will eat out the very bowels of religion. He thinks she's going to completely destroy religion. (laughs) Awesome. Which is a huge compliment. Right. That's amazing. (laughs) Punk rock. Right. She's going to destroy all of us. All of it. That's so cool. Um... And they and there's a quote, another quote that says her challenge to official doctrine threatened to tear the Massachusetts Bay Colony apart. Cool. Like they thought she was just wrecking. Oh the whole my gosh, place. that's so great. Which is why they're like, bye, bye. Um, so it says the magistrate seized on the moment to quickly banish her from the community. Mm-hmm. And I guess at this point, banishment isn't. They don't. They haven't kicked her out yet. Basically, they're like, we've given you this punishment, and like in a Puritan idea, uh, I have a quote about it. It says that it's like not to punish you yet it's trying they're just trying to get you to admit that you did something wrong sure and that you need to change you need a confession right they want you to confess they don't actually (laughs) want to kick you out they just want you to change your ways to fit their Mm -hmm. you know uh parameters but she does not (laughs) of course surprise so then they do actually excommunicate her and kick her out of the colony so, bye. bye. Um, but she's not the only one who leaves. It's her and then 60 to 70 of her followers mm-hmm. also leave. Nice. Uh, which is why I say, like, there are people who have founded Rhode Island at this point, but I'm pretty sure she's brought the biggest influx of people they've ever had. It's like 500,000%. It's probably more people than increase. they have. Yeah. <laughs> Significantly. Um, so they go with her. <laughs> it's like two people sitting at a camp. This is Rhode Island. Ooh. Holy crap, there's people here? Did you know it's not an island? (laughs) (laughs) Are you aware? Uh, Yes. It's connected to the land on the one side, which makes it not an island. Does it have any islands? I don't know, but the whole of it is not an island. Yeah. It's connected. connected. (laughs) People are always like, I don't get it. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I I didn't name it, and neither did Anne Hutchinson, so I don't care. Um, but so they leave. Oh, including Mary Dyer, who was uh, the woman who gave the birth to the stillborn baby. Uh-huh. That was super sad. You mean the demon? The demon. Uh, so they sleep in wigwams, it says, and they make their way over to Rhode Island. It takes them six days. Um, and the second week of April, they reach Aquidneck. That's not real. Aquidneck Island in Rhode Island. Sounds gross. Also, like, I don't know if that's an island either. Uh where their family and friends had already begun to build a settlement. So, what? Why does no one know what an island is? In Rhode Island? I don't know. Um, so that May, uh, Anne Hutchinson give, goes into labor, and she gives birth to a, once again, sorry about my medical stuff, I don't know, uh, hydatidiform mole, which is a mass of tissue that is usually a result of sperm fertilizing a blighted egg. So oh, it's like whoops. an egg that's already not working, it's done, uh, sperm fertilizes it because they don't have birth they're, control. They're stupid. Because they don't have birth control. And they're still having penis and vagina sex. Yeah. And so, there we go. And so she's like 40-something right at this point. 
almost 50, mm-hmm. um, and your body basically can't do it anymore. And so she gives birth to, it's basically like a tumor. It's mm-hmm. like a non-cancerous tumor. It's just a mass of, like, nasty uh, flesh and, and stuff. gook. Yes. Also, I wasn't calling them stupid. I thought you were referencing the actual sperm. I'm like, sperm are stupid. Oh, no, no, no. They're yeah. idiots. No, 100%. Yeah. Also, they don't I know love, where to go and what I to love, do. I love the term blighted. It's blighted. so, it's so yeah. intense. Like, you're blighted eggs. You're blighted eggs. They're done for. They're done. <laughs> but so, of course, people hear about this, mm-hmm. and the especially Winthrop is stoked about it. He got, like, a his email in. He's yeah. like, oh, okay. And he's, like, cheering, at, blighted his, cheering at his desk. And Rhode Island is as nasty as I expected. Uh, yeah, it says, when Winthrop heard of the news, he's the governor from Massachusetts, uh, he appeared to take pleasure in her misfortune, and I'm like, appeared? Because uh, this clearly is. He wrote to Anne's doctor, John Clark, to find out more details. Oh my god! Give me the gossip, babe. <laughs> Tell me everything. Every detail about it. And he writes in his journal, but see how the wisdom of God fitted this judgment to her sin every way. Mm-hmm. For look, as she had vented misshapen opinions, so she must bring forth deformed monsters. Nah, she's just old. <laughs> right. It's like, it's not about yeah. her in any way. Um... But yeah, he's like stoked about it. Mm-hmm. And he's, well, and because it comes out in like multiple things, and like they might look like they were trying to make a baby, but like it doesn't actually look human. So there's something somewhere, I don't know if I put the quote in here, but it was like she gave birth to like many demons of all shapes, none of them, <laughs> none of them human, uh, of human shape. Beautiful. Yeah. But anyway. Many demons of human shape is the second album. Well, no, none of them of human shape. Oh, okay, no, none of none of human shape is second album. None of human shape. That's <laughs> great, great album title. Um, so there's a wealthy merchant named William Coddington, but not William Cotton. No, Coddington. 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 And he's elected the governor of Aquidneck Island. Uh, it sounds like a it's skin the disorder. Worst thing I've ever heard. Like like what happens to old men's necks when they get. <laughs> Gross. And it's just like, it's like water. And yeah. It, and it, and it flaps, flaps around. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, it says, but he quickly began to alienate the settlers and was overthrown in <laughs> April of 1639. Okay. And guess who becomes governor then? Oh my gosh. <laughs> William Hutchinson's husband. Nice. Yeah. So now she's in charge, basically. Yes. Because <laughs> she's in charge of her husband. So she's in charge. Yep. Uh, it says then Connington and several others left the esta- and established a settlement of Newport. Uh, after a year, the two settlements decided to reunite because apparently Newport they, they suck by themselves. So they're yeah. like, can we be friends again? <laughs> this was a mistake. Um, and Connington becomes governor of the island. Uh, William Hutchinson is one of his or chosen to be one of his assistants. So they let Connington be governor again, but William Hutchinson is like number two right there. Um. And then, for no reason that I can figure out, in February of 1639, Winthrop, once again, who's in Massachusetts, and they're in Rhode Island, it's a completely different colony, it's, mm-hmm. now it is a different state, um, he sends three ministers, Edward Gibbons, William Hibbins, stop <laughs> it, and Jonathan <laughs> Oliver, or John Oliver, sorry. <laughs> The late night uh, host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They go to visit Anne Hutchinson. Sorry, say all their names in order again. Edward Gibbons. No, 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 just the last names. So they rhyme. Gibbons, Hibbons, and Oliver. (laughs) (laughs) And they go to visit Uh, Anne Hutchinson to force her to recant her beliefs. Okay. Why? Uh, She's not in your state anymore. No. You don't 
what? You already excommunicated her, and they just, like, come knock on her door one day, and she's like, yeah? And they're like, we need you to recant your beliefs. <laughs> so they're like, Gibbons, Gibbons, Oliver, recant! <laughs> like a little, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> What's the word? And there's, like, four dudes. Yeah, barbershop say? quartet. Barbershop quartet. But they're a... It's a triage. Triplet. Yep. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they come and they're like, knock, knock, knock. Can you recant your beliefs, please? Yep. And then she's like, uh, no. No. Why are you here? You don't even live here. You, you don't even go here. You're probably not from this earth. Can you leave? You're all made out of um, candy, like Oompa Loompas. <laughs> and they warned her, uh, when she refuses, they warned her that Massachusetts was poised to take over Rhode Island. What? And she would no longer be welcome there. So basically they're like... Winthrop is mad that she's even still that close. He, like, thought Rhode Island was far enough away, but it's not. <laughs> and so he's like, you know what? Let's just take over Rhode Island, and we can kick her out of that, too. No. We can double excommunicate her. No. How fun would that be? He's become entirely obsessed with her. <laughs> I know. He has no other hobbies. He's not even taking care of the state anymore. All yeah. he cares about is Anne Hutchinson. That's not healthy. He's become... He's fallen in love with her in the worst way possible. He's, like, listening to the albums in his room, like, oh, I hate it, but he's, like, secretly right. loves it. Like, this is the best thing I've ever Ever heard. Um, so in 1642, uh, three years later, uh, her husband William Hutchinson dies. No, who's yeah. going to raise the children? <laughs> I know it's terrible. And cook the meals. <laughs> and not only that, but like you know, of, I feel like her husband was probably a big source of like comfort and love and like support for her compared mm-hmm. to everyone else. Right. Uh, like he's kind of this like like you said like time traveled magical husband man <laughs> uh-huh. um, that does not exist at this time right. and then he dies and uh-huh. it's like that constant support and help and belief yeah. is gone. Now she's in danger um, of being a witch. Now and now she's in danger of just being murdered or yeah. like people just coming at her real hard. Uh-huh. Uh, because at least then her husband had not only like money and power but he also had influence in the government and yeah. now she doesn't have any of that. Yeah. Uh, so, she's not sure about her future in Rhode Island since she's been threatened by Massachusetts. Her husband's dead and, like, whatever. And so she decides to move her children to New York um, to, it says, what is now the Pelham Bay Park, uh, which at this time is a Dutch colony, uh-huh. which is New Amsterdam. Um, so she's not even in, like, English land anymore. Yeah. She's moved on to the Dutch. They moved to Garbage Island. But you know what? The Dutch are way more chill than the English, so yeah. it's probably That's a good true. plan. Um, so she moves there, and uh, there's a sketch uh, of Hutchinson by Nathaniel Hawthorne in that he does in 1830, mm-hmm. uh, titled Mrs. Hutchinson, which I think is adorable. Um, so cute. And we don't have a lot of information about how her life was mm-hmm. in... New York, but I did want to read this. It says, Hawthorne envisioned that Hutchinson found not only peace of mind in New York, but also the chance to be the leader she always wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, He says, her final movement was to lead her family within the limits of Dutch jurisdiction, where having felled the trees of virgin soil, she became herself the virtual head, civil and ecclesiastical, of a little colony. Perhaps here she found repose hitherto so vainly sought, secluded from all whose faith she could not govern, surrounded by dependents over whom she had an unlimited influence, agitated by none of the tumultuous billows which were left swelling behind her. We may suppose that, in the stillness of nature, her heart was stilled. So it really took, like, the Manhattan underground music scene for her to really thrive. Yeah. She found peace. (laughs) She found her place. 
Unfortunately, it would not be for long, and it would be once again because of a white man that yeah. her life is ruined. Um, his name is Kieft. Kieft. That's his last name. Kieft? With a T at the end. Kieft. Kieft. That's his last name. Um, so Kieft. Kiefter Sutherland. Kieft, yes. Kieft has been living in New York for a while. And um, he has this whole scheme mm-hmm. that he's done uh, where he is in basically control of a local Mohawk tribe. Yeah. He's become their leader, basically. And he extorts protection money from the Algonquins, the Raritans, and the Wappinger Indians to keep them safe from the Mohawks, who he's in charge of. What a racket. Uh-huh. And when the other tribes refuse to pay uh, and they attack the Dutch colony, Kieft unleashes the Mohawks on them. In 1641, so this is before she lives there, but this is right before, so it's important. In 1641, he again tries to persuade the Wappinger Indians to pay by sending the Mohawks to attack them. Um, it says, failing to realize who's behind the attacks, the Wappinger Indians appeal to him for help. Oh, no. Like, could you help us? They keep attacking us. Yeah. And he responds by sending more Mohawks after them <laughs> and then some of his own troops to attack what them. What a dick. Yeah, he's a huge dickhead. Uh, it says, actions such as these eventually sparked a series of events known as Keith's Wars. Um, Just murder him. So, yeah. He's terrible, and it's the worst. Uh, so Anne moves to the Long Island Sound, which was in, you know, Dutch jurisdiction right after her husband dies. And there's a local Native American tribes people, the Siwanoi, um, who are angered because of all of this terrible Indian against Indian and white people interference happening. Right. Even if it doesn't sound like they were directly involved, obviously they're not going to trust a lot of white people around here mm-hmm. if they're literally pitting tribes against each other. Right. Uh, and so uh, they come across the Hutchinson's uh, cabin one day, and they murder basically all of them. Oh, I mean, yeah. Um, that seems reasonable. It says, uh, and the, the reaction in Massachusetts was particularly or predictably <laughs> harsh. Oh, and okay. many considered this and demise or uh, her divine judgment. Sure, because God controls the brown people, too. Yeah, everyone. Um, and I'll give you a description of what happened specifically. As quickly as possible, the Siwanoi seized and scalped Francis Hutchinson, William Collins, several servants, the two Anne's mother and daughter, the younger children, William, Catherine, Mary, and Zuriel. Uh, as the story was later... I know. The <laughs> that last one, William, really. <laughs> Catherine, Mary, Zuriel. <laughs> okay. As the story was later recounted in Boston, one of Hutchinson's daughters seeking to escape was caught as she was getting over a hedge and they drew her back again by the hair of the head to the stump of a tree, and there cut her head off with a hatchet. Who who saw that happen? Um, I don't who know. Who were the witnesses? I'm assuming it was either, like, people nearby, like white people, or they heard this from the Native American. Sure. But who knows? Um, there was, however... One of her family members, not there, mm-hmm. um, Hutchinson's nine-year-old daughter, Susanna, was out picking berries at the time of the attack. Oh, no. Uh, I know. It's the worst thing ever. Oh. She hid from the attackers but was eventually captured and lived with her captors for a few years until she was ransomed back to her family, according to a book called Unafraid, The Life of Anne Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. I have a quote about that. When another treaty of peace was finally concluded with the Indians in 1645, one of the articles insisted on was a solemn obligation to restore the daughter of Anne Hutchinson. The Dutch agreed 
uh, or guaranteed that had been offered by the New England friends of the little captive, and the obligation on both sides was fulfilled. Susan was restored to the Dutch against her will, it is said, since she had learned to like her Indian captors, and she was eventually returned to Rhode Island. Um, which I was like, you know, it's it's a very similar thing, I think, to Olive Oatman, also in this way with this daughter, that I was like, of course she likes her captors. Her whole family is dead. Right. Like, and she's nine when yeah. they take her. It's like, if they're any amount of nice to her, she's like, well, this is my new reality. Right. This is my family now. And then they take it away again. And yeah. so it's like, ugh. Of course she doesn't hate them unless they're treating her very badly. Um, oh, and Winthrop is actually the one who gives her the name American Jezebel, which is the title of one of the books about yeah, her. Yeah, that makes sense. He says, This American Jezebel kept her strength and reputation, even among the people of God, till the hand of civil justice laid hold on her, and then she began evidently to decline, and the faith to be freed from her forgeries. Posthumous uh, best of album, American Jezebel. <laughs> American Jezebel. Uh, Reverend Thomas Weld also said, The Lord heard our groans to heaven and freed us from our great and sore affliction. I never heard that the Indians in those parts did ever before this commit the outrage upon any one family <laughs> or families. And therefore, God's hand is the most apparent, or more apparently seen herein, to pick out this woeful woman. Ugh. Uh, currently, now there is a river and a highway in the area that are named after her. Um, there's apparently a... Uh, oh, yeah, there's a statue of her in front of the Massachusetts State House in Boston, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, what a good F you to John Winthrop. Right. Like, she is in front of it, and you are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though she was never in the government at all. Like, she's what's ma- what makes this area famous. Right. Good job. Um they think, uh, this is, like, interesting information, um, it was discovered that there was a warrior, Wampudge, who took Anne's name after her death, calling him Anne Hoek, um, which is assumed that he's the one who took her life, because I guess that's what they would do sometimes. Oh. Like, if you killed them, you would adopt their name of the most notable of your victims. Sure. So they think that was him, and I guess he even transferred the deed of her property to someone else. And listed his name as Anne Hoek alias Wampage. Hmm. So, like, apparently he also owned her house. So they're pretty sure that he's the one who killed her. What interesting, uh, I don't know, ownership deed laws <laughs> in the wild, wild west. <laughs> or wild east. Um, and just for interest, uh, her other, oh, so she is they talk about her descendants, right? Um, her descendants include U.S. Presidents George W. Bush, George H. Bush, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Chief of Justice of the Supreme Court Melville Winston Fuller, Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney, and Associate Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr. Her grandson, Peleg Sanford, became co- Colonial Governor of Rhode Island, um, and Eve LaPlante, the author of her biography, American Jezebel, is also one of her descendants. Wow. And I'm like, cool beans. That's a, a wide family tree. Right, especially when almost all your children died. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's quite a bottleneck yeah. that you can trace that back to. Um, and I guess in, I'll end with, uh, in 1870, or 1987, sorry, my numbers are all in the wrong order of my brain, uh, Massachusetts Governor Michael Dukakis, uh, officially pardoned her. Uh, therefore oh revoking gosh. her banishment from Massachusetts and clearing her name. So dumb. You are allowed here again in the 1980s, <laughs> Anne Hutchinson. Welcome your ghost back into Massachusetts. Is there any ghosts? <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, Anne Hutchinson. Your ghost may live here again. Your banishment has been lifted by the government. How... 
how low must your <laughs> like approval rate be that you need to pull that stuff? That you need to pardon Anne Hutchinson. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Did you do anything useful in your term? I sir? mean Michael Man. isn't isn't Duke wasn't Dukakis didn't he run for like governor or not governor, uh vice president or something? Did he win? I don't think so. Yeah. I've just heard the name Dukakis before. I don't even know that was the same one. Yeah. <laughs> Did he win? Well, did he win? Nah, well, don't think so. Well, I, I mean, he might have. I don't know a lot of uh, vice presidents, so uh, hard yeah. for me to say. I don't really, really know the ones that have been while I've been alive, right? Because yeah. like, who cares about the other ones? Yeah. But anyway, that's Anne Hutchinson being the most punk rock of all time. Punk rock, just busting in the door, and like, here I am, ready to tear down these walls. <laughs> anarchy. Yeah. Just boom, anarchy in America. <laughs> Uh, what's better is like how everyone was afraid. They're like, she's going to destroy everything. <laughs> no, right. It's like, they're not like, she needs to calm down because she's annoying us. It's literally, they're afraid. They're afraid. She's so cool and powerful and awesome that they're like, she's going to ruin our, our whole right. community. There's nothing more legitimate. Someone thinks that she's going to ruin all of religion. Yeah. <laughs> Just by existing. The whole thing. The right. whole religion. They're so all scared of, of you that you move one state over and they're like, we're going to take this state over and you you gotta move farther away. Yeah. Because please don't be so close to us. It's, uh, it's icky. I don't. I'm I can still feel it. I'm scared. You're way over there, but uh, it's like a burn on this side. <laughs> yeah, and I love how clearly obsessed with her John Winthrop becomes. Yeah, like he needs to settle down. Yeah. He is like, he's like uh, Frollo in. Right. Um, <laughs> Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, Hunchback. Like he's obsessed with Esmeralda because she's doing the wrong thing, but also he <laughs> wants to bang her really bad. Oh, now I'm going to listen to that theme song and be like, <laughs> John Winthrop, you need to chill out. You need to calm down. She's married, John Winthrop, and you're terrible. And you're terrible. She would never have sex with you. you. Never. She would get you naked and then cut your balls off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd read that fic. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. If you write it, please send it to us. Our email is hysterichistorypodcast at gmail.com. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, cool. Thank you. And you can also send us other things besides uh, ball cutting fics. Like graphic gore fic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could send us, like, like Jenna did, you know, yeah. about how podcast is affecting your relationships. Is that what that was? I don't yeah. know. I mean, not affecting. I guess. I mean, kind of. It's like a positive. sort. Yeah. It's a like, good effect. It doesn't have to be bad. Yeah. Um, or other things you want us to talk about. Or I don't know. How was your day? Yeah. We love hearing from you just in general. Yeah. It's always a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can review us on iTunes. It's helpful and cool and nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and being around. Being cool. Keep being punk rock. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>